The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kuwale Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Welcome to the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on this Aloha Friday. Hope everyone had a great week so far, and we still have the weekend going. Man, I can't believe it's already here. This is one of the weeks that went by really fast, I feel like. There was just so much stuff going on, and we were out at the stand last night, and so many games going on all over, like, including, maybe it's because we covered the OI Championship game, so it's just like, wham, bam, into the next, into the next, and I'm like, there's a lot of stuff going on, and the weekend is already here, but, you know, no rest for the weary, but I hope you guys had a great week, and we are taking you through the weekend. It's just one of those interesting Aloha Fridays. I don't know. The, the trees are a little still outside out of beautiful Kalihi clouds. A little bit of clouds. Nice weather outside, though. It's pretty good weather for an opening day of baseball. I'll say that. Ooh. That's what I was forgetting. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I did not forget because I did talk extensively about it yesterday. Yes. And we heard from a couple of the we heard from player and coach hill yesterday as well so that's i think that's what i mean it's like yesterday i was like all right this is coming up this is coming up this is coming up and now that the weekend is here i'm like oh yeah oh, all right it's aloha friday let's get weird <laughs> we're always a little we're bit weird a little on bit aloha of weird. friday no screaming outside our windows yet though thank god oh my goodness <laughs> we'll see what will happen by the time this hour is over all right a lot happens. <laughs> so let's start things off with local sports because Always want to start off things in the positive, and a win is a win for both basketball teams yesterday. Great wins, huge win by the men's basketball team, 80-51 to over Cal Poly. Now, of course, I know if anybody was watching the game or are familiar with it, Cal Poly did not have a couple of their best players. However, Paul and I were texting about this yesterday, the fact that it was such a huge win you can't even count that as a, oh, well, if their best players were playing, the end result would have been different. Yeah, maybe the final end result, but at least there's no question marks on this win. Again, 80-51 to 51 for the Rainbow Warriors for them to improve to 500-7-7 in the Big West Conference. Justin McCoy looking like the player we expected, putting up 18, but his buddy Juan Munoz adding 20 to that and everyone mostly everyone in the plus minus are on the plus side for their contribution yesterday but just complete well-rounded basketball only 13 turnovers uh free throws you know 72 percent from I mean 72 percent from the charity stripe which is something the minimum that we like to see before I get all nuts over here coach that's as Kyle Galdera likes to say before Coach Koo um, gets nuts on some of these people. But it was a fun uh, game to watch. And just like I was telling their strength coach Tanner Hall the other day, it's we're, we're surprised, but we're not surprised. We're surprised because it, it's just it felt like there was no significant change except for them being without Jovan McClanahan and Morsec. 
But other than that, you're like, wow, this is weird. There was no it's like they just flipped the switch. But at the same time, there's it's not a surprise because this is the exact team. This is the Justin McCoy, how he's playing the last few games is the exact player that we expected him to be. So that's why it's not so much of a surprise. And you guys know that all of our listeners that have been listening since the beginning of the season, hearing Paul and I talk about like, oh, we're going to be so good. And then seeing how it was the first half of the conference season. And then you're like, oh, what just happened? So that kind of circles me back into it's surprising that they're doing this well. But at the same time, it's definitely not surprising because this is what we expected all along, except for the little, um, which I'll let Paul explain it really quick because off air on Monday, got into a little debate, not, not even a debate. I was more like, Michael, don't even try to debate with Paul about this because <laughs> he will harp on it forever. Yeah. For everyone that is wondering why, why is it that the team all of a sudden is doing better or it seems like they're doing better without one of their best players in Jovan McClanahan? And for those that do say, oh, are we just better without him? To those people, Paul, what say you? I, I just get frustrated by it because it feels like a a slight to Javon because this is a guy who has put in a lot of effort, a lot of time for some successful teams during his time here. So I, I would never sit here and be like, oh, the Bows are better without Javon because it, it just feels silly because at this now, I mean, what, is that six out of the last seven, five of the last six? I believe it's six of the last seven now for the Rainbow Warriors where they've really turned it up. And my response to those people would be, well, are the Bows better without Morsec? I mean, Morsec went down with a season-ending injury, and now all of a sudden Hawaii is taking off in conference play. Would all of you want to say the same thing, that we're better off without more? And I think the answer is no. At the end of the day, the team needed to find its identity. And it's been searching for it. We've seen glimpses of it. Because this is not brand new. This this hot offense is not brand new. Think mm-hmm. of the very start of the year, the first few non-conference games, and how impressed we were by this offense, how, how many options there were for UH. And then Cody Williams went down with an injury. He has to work his way back into the rotation. And sometimes that's tough. Sometimes all it takes is a, a little stroke of luck and then all of a sudden (laughs) you get back into what we always thought these bows were going to be and at the end of the day I think it's ridiculous to suggest that a team would be better off without an all-conference player I think like I just you're not going to convince me that what you will convince me is that these bows are now fitting together a bit more where like you said we're seeing the Justin McCoy that we kind of expected coming on in the the transfer out of the ACC, a guy mm-hmm. who's taken, I don't want to call a step down in the Big West because the Big West is so incredibly, incredibly competitive, but comes to a smaller conference or a smaller well-known conference uh, in the Big West, and it takes some time for him to really get into his groove. And now that he is, it's opening up things up from inside, outside. You see his chemistry with Juan Munoz. And I mean, that's another guy who we want to talk about. Like Mm -hmm. Juan, he's finally shooting the ball and moving at the confidence in which we thought we would see a couple of years ago when he first joined UH. So it's, it takes time and it's frustrating. It sucks to lose. 
but it was awesome to see this team start to figure it out where you get the aggression back. You understand, okay, things are going wrong. Let's look in the mirror. What can we do first? And that's what it's been. I, I mean, the Bows have looked at themselves in the mirror for weeks now and now finally getting results. And yesterday's win, to me, is as big as last week's win for wins, I should say, for a couple of reasons. I know Cal Poly is at the bottom of the Big West. I know Cal Poly was without two of their better, better players. Mm-hmm. How many times this season have we seen the Bows have to scrape out games like that, though? Or lose games like that? Earlier in the year, where it was like, what is going on? Cal State Fullerton game to start conference play just sits in my mind uh, like <laughs> so much. <laughs> and it's it's a team learning itself. It's a new group of guys finally coming together. And Coach Laura Beeman talked about this last night or earlier this week, I should say, where you want to be playing your best basketball at this time. You want to oh, start yeah. to be moving towards your best basketball towards the middle to end of February into the conference tournament in March, into the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament in March. And yeah, it's been a frustrating year for UH men's basketball. I think everyone on the team would admit that. Coaches, players, whatever, support staff alike, fans, obviously. But that all can be forgiven because now they're finally, if they've figured it out. They look like they have figured it out. Their chemistry is back there. And I don't expect when Javon returns, I don't think it's going to throw anything off because Javon, his talent is there. He's unselfish. And he understands, he sees, he's been sitting and watching these games. He'll understand what to do when he rejoins the rotation. It's just a lot of really good character guys finally finding the success that we thought was going to be there all along. And it just it took a little bit longer. Yeah, maybe part of it too is when you look at a player like Justin McCoy, as we mentioned, coming over from the ACC, having the experience, but more so just having the experience of practicing with a lot of those better players because he didn't get significant playing time when he was at Virginia and North Carolina. But still, being in that atmosphere and playing against those players in practice is one thing. And maybe him coming here and being almost like, the guy and having that expectation it did take a little while to for him to really embrace it because for a little bit he did look like he was unsure of himself he would get down on himself if his shots weren't falling now you're really starting to see him embrace being the guy and it's showing the last few games that he's not a he's not afraid to take certain shots he's not afraid to drive to the basket he's not afraid to just change up his game when he needs to and it's obviously working and then you just see the rest of the players start to develop like we've talked about Ryan Rapp that wow he's really developed into a significant player he did get the start yesterday but now I feel like it'll be really free-flowing where all right any player can get the start at any given time but he's shows his contributions I mean Ryan Rapp put up 10 points yesterday as well and then when you look at just collectively as the team, I texted Paul. I'm like, because I was in between getting ready to go to the Stan Sheriff Center since I got to be there uh, pretty early to prepare for the game. But one part I did see was the like alley-oop play from Tom Beatty to Akira Jacobs. And I'm like, did I just see that? Because I was, like I said, I was running around like at home trying to watch the game and then get ready. 
So I texted Paul, like, did I just see what I think I saw? And it's something like that where I'm like, I did not have that on my bingo card because when we talk about the two players that are out, Jovan McClanahan and Morsec, they were starting to develop that, you know, alley-oop chemistry that we've seen in before conference play. But I was not expecting that to happen between Tom Beatty and Akita Jacobs. So things like that where I'm like, wow, this team is really starting to feel itself, not just the starters that we expected, but some of the other players that are really coming into their own. And I think that's really important heading into this stretch of the conference season and then into the tournament, because at the end of the day, the best thing or one of the best things to have is that that type of depth, because we just saw yesterday with Cal Poly, two best players are out and then they're an entirely different team, a worse team than anyone could see in this conference. But with Hawaii, all right, Jovan's out. We're still winning more sex out. We're still doing really, really well. You know, we don't want anyone else to be out, but depending on who it is, you're like, wow, it seems like they'll figure out a way to win. And like how Paul mentioned, this is exactly and coach Beeman always says, this is when you want to play your best basketball. Finally, this men's team is figuring it out. And fans, is this not what you want? It really is. And I'm glad you talk about Justin McCoy settling into his role as kind of the top dog on this team. I had a moment watching that Kyle Polly game where I was like, okay, yeah, this is a different Justin than we saw mm-hmm. even during non-conference and even just a few weeks ago where he caught the ball at the top of the key and without hesitation just drained a three. And that's not to sit here and be like, oh, he can't shoot threes or blah, blah, blah. It's, it's very much so just you see his confidence there where it was no hesitation. It was catch, turn, shoot. Mm-hmm. It wasn't catch, turn, okay, set, now I'm going to shoot. Because... Which just, we've seen. Well, and that extra beat at the Division One level especially. And, and in this Big West Conference, I know I just said how it's a smaller time conference than the ACC. The defense in the Big West is phenomenal. It, I don't care what team you go against. The defense is great in the Big West. He can't take that beat. He's finally learned not to take that beat. And then after that three-pointer, I remember him, he drives to the lane, he gets all the way to the cup, and those type of things showing off the three-level scoring that he has. At six foot eight, he's a guy who can legitimately, he has the frame to legitimately impact the game in ways where his gravity impacts defenses to create space for Juan Munoz, to create space for cutters to, like Tom Beatty, Akira mm-hmm. Jacobs. And then you mentioned uh, the two freshmen and the lob that they had there. And <laughs> yeah. I, I think part of that is you see the team finally starting to play a little bit looser. Mm-hmm. When things aren't going That's wrong. That's what basketball is about. When, when it doesn't feel like the sky is falling, when you're not 2-6 and six in conference play, you can start having fun again. And when you're having fun, these players are so great that fun looks like winning. And alley-oops are winning plays, guys. Yeah, and one more thing to add on the being able to shoot a lot quicker when you're going to go into playing teams that are longer, like Irvine and your Long Beach, they'll it'll start to feel like they're closing in quicker on your shot. So it'll kind of like that space that you think you have when you catch will disappear a lot quicker. So being able to pull the trigger a lot faster and be sure of yourself will ultimately lead to Hawaii getting a lot more shots and hopefully a lot more points and it'll fall when they play some of these teams. So that's really important that Justin McCoy and the other players are starting to get confident that they can just catch and shoot. Because again, 
going up against a team like Long Beach and Irvine, Irvine, where it seems like you have no space to shoot because they're just coming in and their length is just always messes with Hawaii. So this is the perfect time. Now we're going to, all right, we're going to start to figure it out. Nonetheless, huge game again on Saturday against UC Santa Barbara, another team that seems like they've been underachieving so far this year. They are right behind Hawaii in the standing, sitting at six and eight in the Big West Conference, but we got to step aside. When we come back, we will chat women's basketball on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Ku'ule Agbayani and Paul Brecht talking all about University of Hawaii basketball. Uh, before we move on to women's basketball, I wanted to give you a quick look at the overall standings in the Big West for the men's side. Uh, so as we mentioned, Hawaii is currently sitting at six in the Big West Conference, right ahead of UC Santa Barbara and Riverside. And in front of Hawaii are Irvine at the top, UC San Diego, UC Davis, Long Beach State, and CSUN just ahead of Hawaii at eight and six. But when you take a look at some of the scores that happened yesterday, it is very much Looking like the Big West is starting to get tight as we anticipated. Long Beach State barely beating UC Davis, 78-74. A CSUN just scraping by Cal State Bakersfield, 76-71. UC San Diego, a team that we beat in overtime, beat the team that we will face on, I mean, we will face on Saturday, 61-46. to and UC Riverside coming up on top over Cal State Fullerton, 81-73. So if you've been following the Big West, some of those scores, actually all of those scores will jump out at you just because it is more seeming like it is any given team's day at any time, whether the shots fall. And again, it's I didn't watch any of these games, so not sure exactly how, why they played out the way that they did. But nonetheless, it can be anyone get anyone's game like I said UC San Diego just annihilating UC Santa Barbara 61 46 but on the flip side UC Santa Barbara kicked our butt here at home and we play on their court on Saturday but we beat UC San Diego and it's just all over the place so this is it's fun basketball and at the same time like we said before the break this is the perfect time where Hawaii is starting to figure it out because if that's any indication this last stretch of the conference is going to be quite interesting. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, the parity in the Big yeah. West. I, I mentioned it before. UC Irvine feels like the team that'll end up winning the regular season crown. Part of that is they have just two losses, and yeah. it feels like they've been very consistent. At the same time, I mean, look at the way the last couple of weeks have played out where top teams are falling. Davis, San Diego, just consistently. Long Beach finally working their way back into the top four there, and a good, nice job by Hawaii to when they could have really packed it in. Instead, they turn around their season and all of a sudden give themselves a real life shot at making a potential run in the Big West tournament. I, I was saying it to you off air where they don't match up very well against Irvine, especially considering Morsec is now out for the season. Outside of Irvine, there's not a team that I look at in the Big West where they scare me matchup wise. 
UC Santa Barbara, I know you mentioned they they kind of gave it to the Bows, but that was also, I would say, rock bottom for the Bows mm. during mm-hmm. that stretch. They were going through their worst, worst play of the season, I would mm-hmm. argue. And on top of that, I mean, it took a 27-0 run, I think it was, or a 26-0 run to really take control of that game. And then Hawaii stabilized and was even the rest of the way. It's just... You can't have that type of run, and now I feel a lot more confident that that type of run wouldn't happen. Yeah. All right. So that's the men's basketball team for now. Again, big game tomorrow at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, game time is 11 a.m. Hawaii time. So in case you guys are curious as at watching, uh, you can watch it on Spectrum Sportsnet. Again, 11 a.m. Hawaii time tomorrow. All right. Switching over to the women's basketball side Again, another win is a win. 59-47 over Cal Poly last night. Melani McBee leading the Bows with 21 points, but a lot of those points came actually at the ending, so she really started to turn it on at the end. The The final score does seem like a blowout. However, the Mustangs very much kept themselves in the game for a majority of it, at least three quarters, and then Hawaii pulled away at the end. But before we talk about and recap that game, here is what... Uh, Coach Beeman, Melani McBee, and Imani Perez had to say after the game. I just thought it was a really great, gritty game by the girls, particularly in that last quarter. Um, Cal Poly Sloan plays incredibly hard. Uh, they're very, very physical. Uh, I thought we played a little frustrated for the first three and a half quarters, and I don't know why, other than we wanted it to come easy and they weren't going to let that happen. Um, but I, I thought that you know we had a really good time out where a few of the players really took it over and talked about the adjustments we needed to make. Um, talked a little bit about energy, talked just about why are we playing frustrated. And they took it on the court and they had a complete shift. Obviously, when Melani hit those free throws, um, her seeing the ball go through the basket and then just kind of opening up a little bit of a comfort zone uh, was very, very helpful. And then, you know, this one over here, just blocking shots and, you know, getting rebounds and being forced inside. Her offensive numbers, you know, they're not bad, they're not great tonight, but what she does that doesn't show up on the stat sheet is amazing. So, a uh, great team win tonight for us. You mentioned thinking that they played frustrated, but how much did keeping their poise kind of make a difference ultimately in the game tonight? Losing your poise cost you seven points. So keeping your poise, you know, we, we sunk the free throws. And we have been in a situation in the past where maybe we would have lost our poise and been putting them to the free throw line. So you don't want to be a player that costs your team a game or, you know, put yourself in a position to lose a ball game. So I thought that Deja's composure, Tommy's composure, Kelsey's composure, these two here just talking it through and, and recognizing take a deep breath look at the scoreboard we got a big game on saturday we need everybody able to play um and it just doesn't have any place on the basketball court i'm all about trash talk and i love it but I, i'm to a level to a level yeah um maybe for both the players i mean just kind of comment and, and following up on that i know it's a game you can get crazy out there you can get um you know talking back and forth and all that kind of stuff but how important is it um, to be able to keep your keep your heads in, in moments like that, and how hard is it maybe sometimes when the game's getting a little wild like it was tonight? Um, I would say it's really important to keep each other together, just because like we we are the team, and like we're the ones putting the points up, and we're the ones on the floor, so that kind of like generates energy. And then through the coaches and the people on the bench, like it's good to have everyone like keeping you like your energy low, not not falling into the trap of like. The, like bad calls or anything like that and then it, it can be hard because stuff might not go your way but you kind of just have to like brush it off 
Yeah, I think going off that too, we know each other. So I feel like it's easy to get each other like under that like, oh my gosh, type of energy. And so, and like Beeman said, like that voice is very important because it costs seven points, so. Difference between playing with emotions and playing emotional. And I think we played with great emotion today, but we did not get emotional. Milana, you ever, uh, during one trip down the court in a game, scored six, seven points at one time before? No, I've never, <laughs> I've never done that. We hope she does it, was, it again. It was fun, though. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, Coach, you kind of touched on it, but um, you know another team you guys have under 50 points, and I know it's a team effort, but you know Imani, can you just talk about the job she did? I mean, they had the Big West Player of the Week coming in, who had a huge week last week, holds her to four points, ten, I think ten rebounds, four blocks. Just how impressed were you with Imani on the defensive side tonight? Always impressed, never surprised. Um, you know, uh, Imani can play off and, and really kind of clog up the paint. Imani can switch on to guards and keep getting to the basket. She uses her length very well. Uh, I think as the season has gone on, she's become more physical, I think even more than maybe she thought she wanted to be or would be, and I think it's because she's stronger. Um, she gets off the ground fast. Um, and so she can elevate and you know have her hands on the ball before other teams even kind of know what's going on. I think she's getting more confident in her shot blocking as well with her timing, and again, that's a strength thing. Um, and she knows that she's got some people around her who are also hitting and pursuing the ball and doing some things, so it's not just her out there by herself. Um, but yeah, like I said, always impressed, never surprised. Guys, the runway is clear for Saturday in the bash, as it's been called. Um, now that it's upon you, how are you guys looking for it, preparing for it, for the what could be a pretty big crowd? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, expecting a big crowd, lots of energy. Um, mostly just excited to play in that environment right now. I think. For us too, me personally, I'm looking for a redemption. Um, we didn't want to lose earlier this earlier on this season to them, and then now that we get to play them on our home court in front of a bunch of people, it, it's going to be fun. We're, we'll be ready. You know, we've got a long day tomorrow of scouting. You know, getting into some things. They they had a tough one tonight against San Diego. Um, ended up you know winning it on their home court. They play very well at home, um, but we will be ready for Saturday. Does having, I want to say this one on Saturday, will be like the fifth time you guys have been in a game where first place is on the line in some sense, whether you're holding it or whether you're claiming it. So does it just become second nature at this point, or how, how do you guys treat these games in relation to any other game on the schedule? Um, you know, I think since we haven't lost on home court, um, we're not looking at the first first place, second place. I think we're just looking at defending home court. At least for me, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I would also say just defending home court. I mean, we've done really good so far, and I just think we need to keep it going. That's also first first place is still in the back of my head, but I'm yeah. not focused on that. Let me let me put that out there. <laughs> I don't I don't know unless there's a hiccup, but that's going to change now until the end of conference. You know, unless Irvine or us or have a hiccup, I think it's going to be this way all the way through the end of conference at this point. So I don't think we want to be the team that has the hiccup. So I think every night we step on the court, it's going to be: Are we keeping it? Losing it? Where are we in first place? What kind of atmosphere are you all hoping for on Saturday? 
Big Beeman's Big Dash. That's what the energy is giving. Everyone be there. Electric. Yeah, we, we, for these young women, you know, they, they have been working hard. Um, and to have the opportunity to play in front of a, a really big crowd with the electric energy, the chance of defense, the sixth man mentality, the booze from the crowd and everything else that you get in a big time college environment, that's what I'm hoping shows up here on Saturday night. And I think it'll be more than just pushing us to you know a win. I think it's also um, just really committing to this team and what they have done over the last two seasons to say, hey, we love you, we support you, and you know, we want to show up for you. And that was University of Hawaii women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman, along with Melani McBee and Imani Perez. Uh, we got to take a quick break, so we'll be right back to recap the women's game from last night on Wake Up in the Dead. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Alongside Paul Brecht, I am Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for tuning in this and every weekday morning or any programming on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And that is why you are the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. And we appreciate you guys so much. And shout out to the other beautiful list of all the beautiful people even though maybe they don't listen to this show maybe they do but they're extra 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 beautiful then uh there were a couple of fan either one fan i didn't see so i'm just gonna assume it's a couple of fans but as we're talking about women's basketball um the ladies were going around as they do after the game and yeah some courtside fans had given them each roses and candy like chocolates I guess for you know continuing with the theme of Valentine's Day so uh shout out to you guys that is so sweet and shout out to the crowd that was in attendance you know not as much as we would hope but still significantly more than some of the other teams get in the Big West Conference uh and you guys were loud it was a fun atmosphere over there so I love the crowd that comes to Rainbow Wahine basketball because it makes it feel like it's even more fans that are there because we get a little wild but we do want a lot of people tomorrow for Beeman's Big Bash as the Rainbow Wahine gets set to play UC Santa Barbara one of only a couple of teams that they have lost to so far in this Big West Conference season. So looking to redeem that. But of course, UCSB is looking to sweep the Rainbow Wahine for this season because they're still trying to get get us back for the ladies beating them for the Big West Conference tournament title last season. So it's going to be rocking and a rolling tomorrow for Beeman's Big Bash. Uh, from what I've been told last night about just around 3,000 tickets issued. So that does not include the free tickets that will, or basically cakey through high school, they're free. So you don't need to purchase a ticket in advance. You just essentially walk in. So you only need to purchase the adult or senior tickets. So adult tickets, only $7. Senior slash young at heart tickets, only five bucks. So be sure you guys go to eTicket Hawaii, get those tickets and we want to hit over... 4,400 
to set the record for attendance for Coach Beeman because not only does she deserve it, but definitely these ladies and this squad deserves you guys to be in attendance. So I'm going to leave that at that. And we'll remind you again when we totally come to the end of this show. But going back to last night's victory for Hawaii, 59-47 over Cal Poly and just looking like we expect him to look. It was a little shaky with the um, officials there, not going to lie. I did get confirmation from our Kyle Galdera, who is an official. So I always trust him to be level-headed when I feel like the officiating is bad. I'm like, Kyle, was it bad? Before I freak out and get all nuts. And when Kyle tells me like, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> it, was it was just poor. me. It, it was, it was very poor, but it, it feels like that's kind of, it seems like that's what we get at home lately. It's really weird. Saturday, Saturday, there will be a change in one official. So they always change out the local official for the next game since we have like these two games at home. So We'll see what happens Saturday, but nonetheless, Rainbow Wahine can still take care of business like they did last night. As long as we're not getting any Jason Goble calls, I, I can live with just about <laughs> anything that these officials are doing to us, especially because the Rainbow Wahine are so good that they don't make excuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night's game was physical, emotional, hard fought, and they kept their cool and they end up winning and that's something they've done all year so as much as I can sit here and be like yeah the officiating was poor because it was like just straight up it was not good um and that's that's okay Mm -hmm. it's a tough job really really hard job I do not envy officials it's not something that I would want to do with my time Uh, I appreciate them doing it that said Jason Goble please quit second um last night like I said is a frustrating game in a lot of ways for a lot of players and in those type of games it's really important that you're able to keep your cool and continue to play your best basketball and that's what the Rainbow Wahine did in the fourth quarter and in that second half of the fourth quarter especially Mm -hmm. you heard coach Laura Beeman talk a little bit about it and how through three and a half quarters it was a lot of frustration for the Rainbow Wahine Mm -hmm. it felt like they were playing with and not as much of a, a togetherness that we're used to seeing from this UH team. And instead, they turn it around in those final four minutes with some help from uh, a player losing her cool on the other <laughs> side. I was just going to bring that up. Fortunately, none of our players lost it as much as she did. Basically, what she did, I didn't completely see it. And again, I asked Kyle. Uh, and so she got called and she, in the direction of the referee, basically said, like, what, like, that, oh, you're going to call that or something. And essentially, that's like rule 101. Can't that's, show that's, up an official. That's an immediate, yes, tech as she got. You cannot face, you can maybe walk away and turn around and vent your frustration, but you cannot directly be facing an official and, like Paul said, show them up, yell directly at them in the or direction. Them. Yeah, that's, that's what a coach can do. A head coach mm-hmm. can, can have those intense conversations. Players, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And, in that moment, Sydney Borland is the one who who was called for the personal foul out, and I understand the frustration because it was her fourth foul. It sent them into the bonus. It results in two free throws for the Rainbow Wahine, and like I had just been mentioning, it was a physical game all night. But that said, you then get a technical foul, fouls you out for the rest of the game that night. You can't play anymore. And Borland, to her credit, is a quality player Mm -hmm. for that Cal Poly team. It hurt them, and it results in 
four straight free throws for Melanie McBee. She puts in a layup afterwards, and then from there, I mean, the game was essentially over. You got the breathing room that you needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, kudos to the Rainbow Wahine for keeping their cool because uh, Borland was not the only one who was frustrated oh, yeah. last night by any means. I, I keep bringing it up, how physical it was. And I want you to think about if you're like, oh, well, who cares about how physical it was? You got to keep your cool. Think about how you feel when somebody hits you over and over and over and over Shout again. Shout out Ashley Toms. She was on the floor like all night last night. In my recap, uh, I think the exact phrase I used was battered and bruised all night. Um, Ashley Toms, because she was, I mean, goodness gracious, gracious, she was taking hits to the face, the the yeah. lower body, everywhere. The knee. Uh, oh, it was gosh. one of those, like, good thing it wasn't serious because she stayed on the ground for a little bit, but I was essentially, like, essentially it was like a Charlie horse, you know, her, the knee of the opposing player who had some size on her uh, collided with just above the kneecap of Ashley Toms, and I was like, ooh, yeah, that, that'll, that'll kind of shock you for a little bit, and then She's definitely going to feel that today, and there's going to be a, probably some significant bruising on that left, I think, yeah, left leg. as Left leg? Right leg. Left leg. I don't know. Leg. She wears a, a one leg sleeve, and I think it was the leg sleeve yeah. leg. But <laughs> either way. She was all over the ground, though. Yeah, it, it was a physical game, hard-fought game, and one that was really, really close to Cal Poly's credit. They would not let the Rainbow Wahine run mm-hmm. away with it. Uh, how many times did UH go up by six, eight points there and try and push the lead up and really put Cal Poly in the rearview mirror only for the Mustangs to come charging back with a big-time three-pointer, Annika Shaw. I mean, she is she what a guard she has been for Cal Poly this year. And she was hitting some tough step-back threes last night to kind of buoy the offense when it was sputtering for Cal Poly. So uh, I want to give a shout out to her as well because she played a phenomenal game. It just comes up short in the end because of the great defense of the Rainbow Wahine. Another mm-hmm. game in Big West Conference play holding an opponent under 50 points and not just holding an opponent, but a top four opponent because you also want to mention UC Irvine in both of the matchups against UH this year, they didn't muster 50 points. So the defense for Coach Laura Beeman's squad just continues to show out night in and night out. Woohoo! <laughs> One of the other stats that stand out to me, because uh, usually Hawaii, we're used to seeing Hawaii put up and make more threes, but last night Cal Poly actually made more threes going 6 for 19. Hawaii was just 3 for 13. However, Rainbow Wahine, just like the men did yesterday, taking care of business at the free throw line, uh, finishing 20 for 26 from the charity stripe to Cal Poly's 7 for 10. So huge shout out to the Rainbow Wahine for getting in those free throws. Now, when you take a look at the standings, Hawaii is at the top ahead of UC Irvine. Hawaii is 11 and 3 in conference. UC Irvine at 10 and 3. Just behind them is UC Santa Barbara, who we play tomorrow at 10 and 4. And then you have Cal Poly, Davis, and then the rest of the conference. But also taking a look at some of the scores in women's basketball from the Big West. You have Cal State Bakersfield beating CSUN 61-50. UC Riverside over Cal State Fullerton 67-56. Long Beach State over Davis 78-52. UC Santa Barbara on top over UC San Diego 60 to 52. So it'll be a fun stretch as if you guys missed a little bit of what coach B had said during that post game presser. She basically said it's going to take 
either team to slip up, that being Hawaii, Irvine, Santa Barbara. But from now to the end of the conference season, we'll start to see every single game have that significance of who is going to finish on the top of the regular season because all three are quality teams. So it'll take any of those teams to, as she mentioned, slip up, lose to a far lesser team for things to really change significantly. But from now till the end, it'll just be like, oh, this team is half a game ahead. Okay, this game, this team might have fallen a little bit, but quality women's basketball that we're seeing so far in the Big West Conference. And love to see it. It's awesome. It continues the trend of what we've seen in the NCAA women's basketball over the past few years. Also, shout out Caitlin Clark. Uh, oh, for yeah. breaking the official, the and, and I do want to. <laughs> she wanted to that. do it in style, right? She wanted to take a Steph Curry, Sabrina Ionescu type of three by like half court, basically, and just sink it right in there. It, it, it would be weird if she did it in any other way, wouldn't it? <laughs> just, just it's who she is. She is the Steph Curry of women's basketball right now completely changing the sport and the eyes on the sport so I do want to give a shout out to her for breaking the official recognized NCAA scoring record I do want to give a shout out to Lynette Woodard as Mm -hmm. well though who is any hoops head knows that she is the official all-time scoring leader she went to Kansas four-time All-American averaged 26 points per game before there was a three-point line before there was a three-point line and before women's basketball was recognized as a sport officially by the NCAA Uh, so Lynette Woodard does still technically hold the record uh, six or um, 3,649 points Clark still just over 100 points away from that, but nonetheless, I would imagine that Clark's still on, well on her way to break that record, but the official scoring mm-hmm. record, Caitlin Clark broke that yesterday as well. But yeah, continues uh, what has been an awesome couple of years for women's basketball. We've seen that in the Big West, especially Laura Beeman, you mentioned, talked about how the competition in the conference has kicked up to where instead of it's just one to three teams competing for the top, it's five, six, seven, eight teams competing and within two, three games of each other. So it's been a fun year in the Big West on both the men's and women's sides and the Rainbow Wahine control their own destiny. And we're not done yet, folks. We still got, let's see, including tomorrow, two, four, six more games of the conference before the Big West Conference Tournament. But got to step aside. We'll be back to close it out on this Aloha Friday on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. I've been thinking about the things I miss when night comes around. It's for familiar skies I wish. When will I see you again? Oh, perfect song to take Sweet us through this Aloha Friday and to the weekend. As it is beautiful skies. It's always gorgeous on the windward side, though, but we have to enjoy our views outside here in Kalihi in beautiful Hawaii. It's a gorgeous day. A perfect day for the opener of Hawaii baseball. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. I will be in Kona. Sad face. Mm, but Is that sad? I'm uh, yeah. sure you'll be fine. I was tell- I was talking to Kelsey Imai because, oh, by the way, Kelsey Imai is our next featured guest guest on the Hawaii Players Pod, which will come out next week. 
brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health. But during our recording session, I was telling her about because this was Wednesday and I was um, telling her that, like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there for Beeman's Big Bash. And then <laughs> Alan Mia is doing his Alan Mia things. Actually, no, it's a different Alan Mia thing. He doesn't have serious face on. He has like He's goofy fun face. today. Yeah. <laughs> but um. I was telling Kelsey, I'm like, I'm going back to your home island or I'm going to, that's where I'll be. She's like, oh, oh, okay. She's like, you're excused. You're going to the motherland. So like, <laughs> so I'm excused by Kelsey Imai that I will not be in attendance. Even when I saw her last night, she kept telling me, she's like, have fun, uh, eat some of the good food for me. And I'm like, I know I will, but I'm still bummed. I will have some FOMO that I will not be here tomorrow because I'm manifesting that you guys all of you beautiful people listening, because we have, you know, a million, seven and a half listeners, you guys, at least a fraction of you, will be there in attendance. So we will easily break the record for Beeman, Coach Beeman, and this squad, the attendance record. And we need to get to 4,400 at least to break that record for Coach B. But I sadly will not be there, but Paul will be there. So he's, he'll be representing us here at the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'll be there. I have uh, enlisted some help, some extra faces to join us inside Woo-hoo. Stan Sheriff Center as well. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun night. I'm making sure our, we, our HSRN presence is still felt on Beeman's Big Bash. I hope all of you beautiful people are there because... I mean, women's basketball fans, the the Rainbow Wahine fans are so loud. Last night, just just over 900 fans in the building. And once again, all of us over in the media section kind of looking at each other. And it's uh, with some surprise because of how loud the people in attendance actually are. So hopefully that can take it to new heights (laughs) once we enter into tomorrow's game and we get a new record of attendance under head coach Laura Beeman. Just... Because these young women, they really, really do deserve it. And it's a fun, fun brand of basketball. And no excuses by anyone that's going to attend the baseball game. So tonight is the opening night for Rainbow Baseball, 6.35 p.m. as they host Ole Miss, a team not far removed from winning the national championship. Uh, But they host them tonight in a game. Tomorrow is a doubleheader. But the first game is at 1.05 p.m., and that game is going to be seven innings. And then forty-five, approximately 45 minutes after completion of that game, the second game will start, which will likely be around 4 o'clock. So you'll already be in Manoa, and it'll finish, well, depending on how. We all know how Coach Hill likes to manage his baseball game. So if it starts at 4, maybe the game will finish at, like, 7, 7.30, but nonetheless, you can just walk on over to the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, just and there you the go. <laughs> and come on over. Yeah. So, fortunately, there's no scheduling conflict on that end, right, for right. Hawaii, where fans, because I get it, hey, baseball fans are diehard, and you guys are awesome, and they'll be wanting to watch their baseball, which nobody would blame you for missing Beeman's Big Bash, but now there's no excuse, because... You will have time. Now the baseball team can come too. Ooh, that would be awesome. Because we've seen the football team. Football team's been in attendance. Mm -hmm. How many times have we seen these local athletes continue to support each other? Need that. Mm -hmm. Need that tomorrow. Also, shout out to Sauce Williams and, uh, you know, Daniel Sauce Williams, I should say, uh, because I saw him at last night's game once again. He's... Uh, essentially a season ticket holder now for the Rainbow Wahine. That's right. Yeah, you're right, because he has been there. 
I, I haven't caught a game like... without him there in months, to be yeah. honest. Since the year flipped, I don't think he's missed a home game for the Rainbow Ahine or the Rainbow Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. So, but I think that's big huge. shout out to him. And also uh, multiple members of the football team have been there. He's just the most prominent one that I have recognized um, at every single game. So, mm-hmm. But it's good. It's cool to see athletes supporting other athletes. It's what you want. It creates a good culture at your school. And it also creates a good example for the future. Mm-hmm. And we say that all the time, right? It's rare individual and programs, especially across the country, that you'll have your head football coach and your football players care about the women's sports and want to make sure they're there supporting. You hear Coach Timmy always, any chance he gets asked, is always lifting up the women's programs and continuing to encourage people. He's such a huge supporter of Beeman. Support them and everything. So shout out to everything going on at the University of Hawaii where you have a program like football that's heavily supporting women's sports there at the University of Hawaii. That's how it should be, but let's be honest, that's not how it is across the country. So got to always make sure we give that shout-out to Timmy and everyone else there and all that support that is built at the University of Hawaii so that they're doing their part, kind of like how we do here. You know, we're we're telling you guys that, uh, or not telling, but encouraging you to go out and support these sports as well. I'm telling you. But that's because we're... We're living by example. We're there. So we're there. We're covering it. It's fun. Yeah, it's so fun. Sports are fun. And at the end of the day, it's leadership by the football program to Mm -hmm. just go out there and do that. I mean, you have to set an example. If you want people at your games, if you want people to support programs you like, you have to go support other programs. You're not going to get support just for fun, just off vibes alone. You can't do that. I'm a little sad I'll be missing the vibes, not only tomorrow, but also tonight, just opening night. I love opening night. If there's like a baseball game I usually go to for UH, like every year I try to go, it's always opening night. So I'm a little bummed that I am going to miss it tonight. But as I was telling Paul during our uh, commercial break, I'm like, but then I see my family group chat going off that some of my family are already in route some of the Oahu family is already in route to Kona and I will be there later this afternoon but um, if anybody knows some of my Kachola family uh, you guys know how crazy it gets so (laughs) (laughs) the group chat is fire right now and it's just making me chuckle looking at everything so can't wait to see the family I hope everyone has fun this weekend supporting all of our local sports Nonetheless, we got to go for Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye.